Hey y'all, welcome back to the Fire and Water Cooking Podcast. I'm Darren, I'm your host. Today we have a great couple, Kevin and Carmen Co. of the Kind of Cooking YouTube channel. They do a lot of experiments with uh, sous vide cooking and mostly on Asian type dishes. Help me welcome Kevin and Carmen to the Fire and Water Cooking Podcast. I'll be right back. Smoking, grilling, getting hot and hotter, sous vide and chilling from fire and water. Hey all, before we get on to the show, I want to talk to you for a second about Instacart. Instacart's a great service that allows you to do all your grocery shopping online, and they can get you your groceries in as fast as one hour. They connect you with personal shoppers in your area that know your markets, and they can get them from your favorite stores. They find all the great buys and smart suggestions for you online to save you money. They pick the freshest produce, and they check your eggs and make sure they're not cracked. Check them out, guys. Instacart is offering free delivery on your first order of over $35 on the link below. Check them out. And now, on to the show. Welcome back to the Fire and Water Cooking Podcast. I'm Darren. I'm your host. And today, we got a couple special guests. We have Carmen and Kevin Co. of Kind of Cooking YouTube channel. They're a fairly new YouTube channel that I discovered a little while back, and I absolutely fell in love with it. They got a great personality, both of them, a great uh, video presence for sure. Uh, Kevin, why don't you go ahead and start, or I can, or Carmen, I'll tell you get Carmen to do it first. Ladies, ladies first. first. Carmen, you go ahead. Yeah, ladies first. Go ahead and introduce yourself, and then uh, let's get talking here. Hey, everyone. Um, thank you for the introduction, Darren. My name is Carmen, uh, and we are the, uh, I guess, the creators of Kind of Cooking on YouTube. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, I'm Kevin. Um, I don't know what else you need to know, but <laughs> uh, we work where, on- where you live, where you live, where you, what you do, <laughs> you know, how do you, you know, let's go. All right. So we are, from, we are currently living in Toronto. Um, I, I was born here. I was raised here. I, I moved to New York for a couple of years and came back about five years ago. With the wife. With the wife. Yeah. That's what happened. I don't know why she came here. Yeah. It's, it's a, it's a bad mistake. It's, <laughs> oh, I, I, for me, it's a little more complicated. So um, I was born in Macau. I'm not sure if you guys know where Macau is. So I'm sure a lot of you know where Hong Kong is. So Macau is kind of like a not so well known cousin. Yeah, right. Hong it's Kong. a gambling capital of the world. Okay, it is. It is the Las Vegas of Asia. But back then, when I was there, um, where I grew up, when I grew up, there was only like one casino. So, but now it's bigger than Las Vegas. So I was born there. Then later on, I immigrated with my family to Australia. So I grew up in Australia. I did all my education there. And then after that, I moved to New York for work. Um, worked there for five years, and that's actually where I met Kevin. And then afterwards, we moved to Toronto. So I'm moving more and more up north to more and more cold climate, um, which is a big mistake on my end. But here we are. Arctic next. Yeah. So we, we, we met in New York. Sorry, go ahead. I was going to say, well, I, I'm originally from upstate New York around Rochester and Syracuse, right on Lake Ontario. So uh, just across the lake from where you are now is where I grew up till I was like 15 and I moved to Florida. But so I've been oh, down you here. You the right way. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, but uh, we love New York City. We actually just did a trip up to New York City uh, for the 
like third time in the last six years was my son's graduation trip. So he wanted to go back to the city. So we hang, we hung out in uh, Manhattan for 10 days, nice. you know, went over to Brook- Brooklyn a couple of times, but we love the city up there. So I don't know how he got you to move to Toronto from New York city though. <laughs> New York is a love and hate relationship because we were working there. Um, and I feel like you can only have a really good life if you make a lot of money. If you're making like average salary, you basically live in a shoebox. You have to commute at least an hour to work. And it's not, you know, I mean, it's the, the, the culture there is amazing. The restaurants there are amazing. We have amazing friends there. But to kind of like have a life. And start, a, you know, like try and settle down, find somewhere you want to be. I don't think we just thought New York wasn't the place. Yeah, the city at least. That's what we meant. Yeah, it's New York is a great place to visit, but you didn't want to live there. That's for sure. I've, I've heard that. So <laughs> it, it's rough to live in, but to go there and visit for ten days, it's amazing. It's a great place to uh, to hang out. But I've been to Toronto a couple times too, and I really, I really like Toronto. It's it's a lot cleaner than New York City. That's for sure. Oh, I mean, it's, a, <laughs> it's like night and day. Actually, when we go back now, we're like, oh my god, we used to live here. It, I mean, no offense to New Yorkers. We love you guys. We love it's you guys. It's one of our favorite places. We go back every year. But I'm like, oh my God, there's trash everywhere. And because they don't have bins, right? The trash is just on the, like in bags on the ground. And especially in summer where the garbage juice is leaking out. Oh my God, the smell. But actually, this is a cooking podcast. We shouldn't be mentioning this. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to skip that part. Well, and I love, like I said, I, I love Toronto. One of the things, um, I love that whole area. I, you know, when, when I was young, we used to go up to the Niagara Falls area a lot for vacation because we're, we didn't have a lot of money and that was a, a really quick and easy and cheap trip to just go across the border and, and check that area. But that whole encampment area is, you know, with all the wineries, you know, that yeah. drive from, from Niagara Falls to Toronto, that whole in between there is, is, you know, in the summer and, and spring, it's great. I mean, winter, it's kind of cold, but I really love it. And Toronto itself is great. It's, it's got a good, uh, really nice Chinatown. I mean, we loved going there. Which one? Uh, and, uh, Five of uh, I'm just I messing with you. I don't know. I can't remember which one it was, but there was, it's the big major one. And we, we probably hung out there like for two days in a row, just uh, eating yeah. different kinds of food. So, I mean, it's... Uh, and I think it's, uh, and it, it's just grown like where when when I was a kid, we had to go downtown for Chinatown. But now it's just moved all north, like where we live with around just our house. There's five Chinese supermarkets and within yeah. five minute drive. So and like we have the largest Asian mall, like not not even 10 minutes away. And like there's plazas just filled with Chinese food now. So it, it's it's quite different. It's like a real it's like sometimes you're like, am I in Asia? Where am I? Yeah, the first time I came to Toronto, it was interesting to me. We're like, to me, this is like Asia, but bigger, cleaner, and colder. But then the plazas, all the signage, it's all in Chinese. The food is actually very authentic. And there's different uh, regional foods. Because a lot of places, I guess in Western countries, um, especially for me where I grew up in Australia, there's only one type of Chinese food and that's Cantonese food. Um, and I, I knew there were other types, but I didn't have exposure to that many different types until I moved to New York where I uh, basically discovered Sichuan food. I discovered like Northeastern Chinese food. I, I had more um, Shanghai food. So there's like China itself is a 
huge region and there's just so many different um, pockets of food in there. But um, when most uh, Westerners would only know about Cantonese food, because those were the first immigrants, which is which Cantonese food is fine. I'm I'm Cantonese, but um, a lot of people don't have exposure to all these different foods. And Toronto is also one of the places where you can get really authentic um, regional Chinese food as well. Yeah, and even New York City, and they have a lot of the uh, Shanghai restaurants, which is different than some of the other Chinese stuff. Some of the stuff that they have in those restaurants are not Cantonese, and they're, and they're you know like the soup dumplings and stuff. I mean, you can't find them down here anywhere. Mm-hmm. There's one restaurant I think I can find that I can go find soup dumplings at, but um, you know, yeah. so yeah, each it's uh, amazing though. But I love Toronto. One of the things that I liked about Toronto is that you can go downtown and visit like the CN Tower and walk around and it's not like New York City. There's like nobody's tripping over each other. Nobody's walking into you. And I mean, it looked kind of like a ghost town to me <laughs> compared to some of the other bigger cities that I've been to um, before. I mean, there's big buildings and you can tell there's people around, but it's nowhere it's near. Big. Right. There's, there's like New York space yeah. and, and it's. Yeah, it's a little more spread out. It's not it's not really a walking city, I would say. It's more you need right. to take some sort of transit, some cars, and even though the transit can be improved. But there there's space. It takes a while to get from place to place and but it's enjoyable. Yeah, I just like going up into the CN Tower and looking over Lake Ontario. It's a pretty awesome view. So yeah. I, I I just I like that area a lot. And uh like I said, uh, that whole encampment area is like I said, I, I liked, we, I took my wife up there back when my kids were really young and we did the tour of some of the wineries and stuff, you know, uh, just South of you there, South, uh, West of you guys. And it's uh, really amazing and all the wineries and stuff and, that they have up there. So yeah. Yeah. It's one of, it's a nice area. Understand we, we, how we, much, oh. you know, wine that they grow up there. I didn't until I was like, well, what are all these wineries doing up here? And they're like, it's the same, uh, type of region as uh, Washington State and the Rhine area of Germany, so that's why they do a lot of the uh, wider wines and stuff. So, actually, what's interesting that I learned recently is that um, in the Niagara region they have ice wine. So for the ice wine, um, you have to pick it basically in the middle of dead middle of winter at night, where all the grapes. Uh, have became ice and that's when you pick it that's the best time to pick it and that's when the flavor is infused I don't know the whole process but when I heard that there, there are tours that you can take to go and pick those um, grapes at that time and I'm like free hmm. labor no that's not free I'm like do I really want to be like like 3 a.m minus 30 degrees outside picking grapes I don't think I would enjoy this tour but that, that yeah, there they, is such you have tour to actually harvest it the first time it freezes because it, it freezes the one time and then you got to pick it. It's something with the sugars in it, but it's a very sweet wine, kind of like plum wine. So it's really they they export a lot of it to the Asian countries because it's it's kind of like the the really sweet type plum wine. So yeah, I learned all about that too when we did some of those tours. But yeah, they pick it. They got to pick it at a certain time, and it, you know they can only allow it to freeze once, and then they got to get out there and pick it right away. So. It's very interesting, and a lot of stuff up there. Like I said, is uh, people don't even understand what's what's there. It's just amazing. So, so uh, did you guys meet at work in New York City, or yes, yes we did. Yes. We met at work. I think uh, Kevin's already working. We were we were working at a television station back then. Um, I was, I guess, you started first, mm-hmm. and I transferred there maybe like six months later. I started working there, and that's where we met and. That's when we got together. 
<laughs> Don't tell HR. <laughs> I met my wife at work too. So it's, uh, we've been married almost 20 years and we both, uh, work together. And so I know it's, it's, uh, you know, that's some of those, you spend a lot of time, you know, during the day with people, you get to know them and sometimes it turns into a everlasting relationship. Oh yeah. Like, you know, it's, it's funny. We, Kyle and I have been together for 11 years. Mm-hmm. Good. <laughs> 11 years. Um, and actually up until three years ago or just before three years ago, we have worked together every day and sat beside each other every day until three years ago when Kevin changed jobs. So it, it, I think it was fine. It was fun. And people always said, how do you do it? I'm like, I didn't, I didn't find anything different. It was, it was fun. We talked to each other. We worked together. It's great. You come home, see each other some more. Yeah. Uh, that's the same way with me and my wife, you know? So it's, um, once you get uh, past that initially, I mean, it's, it's great. <laughs> so, all right. So who is the better cook of you guys? There's no questions about that. It's definitely Kevin. The one that cooks in all the videos. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm, so I'm the better cook, but I would say Kevin has the wider palate and a better taste for what tastes good. Sometimes I joke that, you know, how executive chefs don't actually cook. They just, you know, taste the food and they tell them what to do. So I'm the executive chef <laughs> and Kevin is the, uh, the sous chef that's doing all the work. Yeah, he's doing all the work and you're just tasting and go, oh, that's not good. Make it again. (laughs) That plating doesn't look good. Can you do this? Can you do that? I'm like, "Mm, I think it needs a little bit more salt or it's missing this flavor. That's me. But it works out. I think we have a good dynamic in the kitchen. You know, like I, she does, she tells me what's good, what's not. And I prep some of the stuff and make it. And I think I like it. I really enjoy cooking, whereas she doesn't like it as much as I do. So I think it works out. She likes to eat though. Yeah. My wife does not like to cook either. So that's what makes it, I've always cooked, you know, throughout our whole marriage and, you know, I've cooked since I was a teenager and I used to, I used to cook in restaurants when I was younger, but I got out of that when I found out you can't make a whole lot of money doing that. (laughs) So, (laughs) so I, uh, you know, but I do all the cooking and, um, you know, her palate, she grew up with, uh, you know, not a lot of, uh, variety Mm -hmm. as far as the you know food that she ate. So, um, her palate's not as wide as mine. So I got to force her to try new things, but, uh, it all works out in the end. She doesn't want to be on the videos though, but you guys have a really good, um, it's a good chemistry that you guys have together there. So one of the things I want to talk about, so you said you worked in the TV stations. Um, obviously you have some professional editing, uh, experience because when I first saw your videos right away, you can tell you've guys done this before to some extent. So, Let's, let's talk about that. Thank you for mentioning that. Actually, like both, I don't like most, both of us don't really do that kind of work in the television station. Um, I work in Toronto now in a small production company and we do mostly docs. Um, and my job is the production manager. So I make sure like budgets are in line. People are in the right place. I'm hiring the right people. People are going to be here on this day. They're on that day make sure all the equipment is ready, all the travel's ready, you know, making sure my job is basically to make sure everything is running, but I haven't done much of the hands-on work for a really, really long time. So you'll be able to notice a lot of our mistakes and I'm a terrible cameraman. 
Yeah, so that's the same with me. I'm more of the um, organizing and um, managing side. So I think we, the main thing is that we know what looks good, but technically it's a little difficult for us to achieve it because we don't have the technical skills. So we're trying really hard to improve on that right now. Um, and basically, we have very, we're fortunate to have um, good friends that can give that give us tips on like, oh, maybe you can try filming it this way or try filming it that way. So you can see through, there's a progression in our videos from the beginning where you can uh, you can see that there's slight improvements each time because our friends will be like, oh, why don't you try this instead? Why don't you try mm-hmm. that instead? And we take in those um, feedbacks and um, improve the videos uh, as we go along. Right. And I think the but I think for us, like the biggest takeaway from from our line of work is that we travel quite a bit and we go to a lot of places and we're lucky enough that we worked on a food show for, well, I worked on it three seasons, kind of worked it on for, for two seasons. Um, and we travel the world with a chef and a whole team. And we tried different restaurants in many parts where we went to Europe. We went to a lot of Asia. We did North America. Um, and I think that really like, helped us to start this channel and understand what cooking is, what's it like to be in a kitchen, what people are looking for, what kind of shots to get, you know? So we, we were lucky in that sense. Yeah. But we still need a lot of help. Yeah. Like we, we understand what's needed, but we're not achieving what we think is um that, that part yet. But then again, you know, we're just doing it ourselves and also both of us being on camera. Sometimes it's hard to monitor uh, because it's, we don't have like a, um, a screen where we can see what's behind the camera. So sometimes we're like, oh no, this was out of focus. We couldn't use any of that footage. <laughs> or sometimes like you can see like, oh mate, we have one little camera where you can flip the screen. And sometimes when the screen's flipped, our eyes is looking, oh, is that in the shot? And then you can see both of our eyeballs just looking over there. And then basically the camera catches every single movement, right? And then later on in post, we're like, oh my God, we were talking about this thing. And now I can, and but mo- both of our eyes are looking at, off screen, not on camera, and I can't really use the shot anymore. So when when you're in production, when you have specific people doing specific roles, you don't really think about, uh, um, you know, being mindful of all these little things. But when you're doing everything yourself, which is what all YouTubers are doing, which I think is amazing. Um, uh, not all, but most what most YouTubers are doing is amazing. And um, yeah, when you have to do it yourself, it's just so much more difficult than um, when you have a crew. Yeah, and, I, and I'm sure you know about that too, Darren. You're trying to shoot your own videos, so it's it gets difficult. Oh yeah, and I talked about this with other YouTubers as well. Um, you know, one of the bigger ones that I um, friends with Greg Mervich of Ballistic Barbecue. I mean, he's got you know almost uh, I think he's almost at three hundred thousand you know subscribers, but he he goes through the same things because he still does everything himself. So he does a lot of like like with me. It's like you, you shoot a uh, you know big segment, and then you get to looking at it, and you go I, half my head's cut off in the video, or or it's you know in the foods you can't even see the food or something. You know you you know so there's a lot of times when you're trying to do everything yourself, and, and like I said, I haven't invested a lot you know, and equipment and, you know, lighting and all that kind of stuff. I just, I just kind of, you know, slowly, uh, when I first started, I, I really didn't even know how to edit. I started just doing it in iMovie and, um, but you can see, you know, through my beginning videos to now, 
it, it there's a progression, just like you said, that um, you get better and better at it. And the more time, more, more you do it, the more time you spend editing. I think editing is a really, you know, big thing uh, with uh, learning how to, you know, make the videos better yeah. and all that. So, I mean, I, I went from using just iMovie to uh, Premiere Pro, you know, you know, you got to force yourself sometimes to learn new things. It takes a lot of time and effort. So, but, um, and I talked to Malcolm Reed, who's got a huge channel. He's been doing it for almost 10 years now. And he started out with his wife, you know, just filming with a little, uh, you know, portable camera and, you know, just walking around barbecue, uh, competitions. And, and now, you know, it's pretty much, if you watch one of those videos, it looks like a full production crew, you know? So, yeah. you know, I think everybody starts out the same way and, down the road, you know, we get better and better as we continue. So that's what we hope for. <laughs> but you guys started out pretty good. You got the little animation in the, in the beginning that I kind of like. And then, uh, um, you know, so you kind of started out, you know, you could tell you had a little bit of some kind of editing, you know, skills in the beginning. So you weren't just, uh, yeah, we called it a you know, lot of favors. <laughs> yeah. We, yeah. yeah. That, that was basically an idea from a friend. And he's like, let's just do it. And he just brought all the stuff and just did it. Yeah. Like we went, what did we do? We, he came. He's like, let's just do it now. I'm like, okay. So we just went to Walmart. We bought some, we just, those clay, those things, little clay figures. So we sculpted it by hand. Um, and we bought those little um, food items at the back, a little toys for dolls. So we uh, they're very miniature. They're like probably smaller than my thumb, um, I guess. Then we use a TV screen as a background. Yeah. We, we just winged it. And we, we finished it pretty quick, though. We got, we got a lot, you know, it just worked out. It took us about two hours or so. Yeah. Yeah. But it was basically so the friend that helped us uh, uh, come up with the idea. And he just pushed us to do it. And, and so we're really lucky to have um, these type of people that are basically passionate to see us succeed as well. So, uh, yeah. So what made you um, decide to start doing the YouTube channel? Well, I, I think food was, was always our passion, right? Like we, we love to eat. We go, you'll look at Kevin's Instagram and I don't know if there's any pictures of me. No, I, I try to probably not... no pictures of me and mostly <laughs> all food. Uh, so food is our passion. Like when I, I guess when, when, before I met her, I didn't know that much about food. And then we went on vacation to Asia and my eyes were completely opened um and i guess common used to be on youtube before that mm -hmm. and she had she had some followers there so we're like let's give it a try and i think the food the show that we both worked on uh, confucius of foodie was was a good starting point as well because we know how things are done we know what's needed what people like to do so so we we had as you said we had some of the pieces in place so it wasn't a big leap for us to try to get it started and we're we're still trying we're not anywhere near like what we need like what our goal is but that's okay actually we don't even know what our goal is but we'll get there that's what i was going to ask you what is your goal do you want it to be just a big huge youtube channel do you want to turn it into something else or i i guess we're we're not really sure yet like we have we don't have an end goal there's no end goal to this but we have some short-term goals that we are trying to reach um i think we started what three less three months ago now mm -hmm. we started three months ago our goal is to get our first goal is to get to the partnership which is like a thousand, a thousand views subs, and four thousand a thousand subs sorry, four, four thousand hours yeah, yeah. something like that <laughs> so we're, we're working our way there we're trying we're trying to find the different strategies and, and i guess we like to to try and learn it as we go it's something different it's something new 
although Count has done it, it was what six, seven years ago now, mm-hmm. and the whole landscape is completely different, completely different from what it was. And no one that like the people that were doing then are doing something. They moved on to do other other things too. Well, now I got to know what 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 was your channel before Carmen? Uh, it's called Off the Great Wall. Um, when I started it, I was a um, basically the producer for it. And, uh, and also was on camera and, uh, I didn't, and but the very beginning I did some of the editing, um, but I basically called, got all the people involved. I found that I found like, um, people to help me write the script. I found people who to be on, to be on camera. I found people to help me film, found people to help me edit. So I got everyone together and then, um, made it happen. So when I first started, I ran it for about a year. And then, oh no, was it two years now? I don't remember now, one or two years. And then I got it up to 100,000 subscribers. And then we, there was, at some point we, that was with a, um, with the TV network that we both worked in. And then there was some creative differences. Um, they wanted to change some stuff. So I basically, I, and I also moved to Toronto and I stopped doing that. That was about what, six years ago? Yeah. And um uh, ever since then, I did have that in the back of my mind, maybe going back to onto YouTube one day, uh, because I did have a very good time working on YouTube before. But um, but as Kevin mentioned, um, we we worked on the other food show, and I also learned a lot uh, on this food show. We were traveling. Um, I think at one point, um, I was traveling like three months out of the year. Yeah. To um to be on this, uh, to be on this documentary. And I just learned a tremendous amount, uh, from that. And that's something that, um, you know, no, nothing else can like, you cannot learn that from a classroom or anything. It's just real life, no, uh, you know, experience. So that I was really grateful for that. But I think in the back of my mind, I've always had, uh, YouTube in there. But so now that I'm starting again, um, I find that the landscape is much more different uh, because back then I feel like it's a, a little less, um, what's the thing? I feel like right now the channels are being more commercialized in a way that it's more like a regular TV program now. Like, you know, when you go in there, you know what you're expecting. They all have the same format. Uh, and then the, the, the time is also much longer. It's a lot of them I see it's more than 10 minutes. And back when I was doing videos, like 10 minutes is a very, very long time. Well, okay, three minutes, five minutes, that's already good enough. So to think of like, like to have that type of content um, for more than 10 minutes, engaging content, that's actually very difficult. So I think um, that's the main thing. And also, um, this is, it's just so saturated now that there's so many different channels. And to stand out, you really have to have your own niche. And I guess that's um, why we chose um, sous vide because that is a very um, niche uh, equipment, right? If we just did regular cooking, no um, specific niche, then we will be drowned out by all these massive different cha- um, massive channels that already exist. So you have to have a d- really different strategy now um, to work on YouTube. Well, great. Well, we're going to move into that after the break here, and we're going to go ahead and take a break for an ad, but we're going to talk about sous vide and, and why you chose that for your channel as well, because you know we're similar in that. So we're going to go ahead and take a break real quick, and we'll be right back with Carmen and Kevin from Kind of Cooking. 
Hey all, I want to welcome again Inkbird as our sponsor for the Fire and Water Cooking Podcast. Inkbird has more than just barbecue thermometers and instant read thermometers that I've talked about before. Inkbird just came out with a Wi-Fi sous vide circulator that I've been using for a few weeks now that works pretty good. Has over 1,000 watts of power. Has a app that has many times and temps for meats and vegetables. Also has onboard times and temps for meats and vegetables. Runs really quiet. Fits most regular sous vide containers that are the size of the Anovas. So check it out. Look below, there's a link with a code for 30% off of the Amazon price that makes it under $60 right now till June 5th. So check out the Inkbird Wi Fi sous vide circulator in the description below. Back to our program. Okay, so we were just talking about um, your experience with YouTube before. Now, um, when you did YouTube before, it was it for a company? It wasn't your personal, your personal channel. Was it something for another for a company that you kind of just ran it for them? Or yeah, so it was for another company. It was for the TV network that we were both working at. Uh, and gotcha. So it wasn't for me personally. So right now, what I'm doing is only for us two, and we're doing everything ourselves. So I guess back then that the biggest benefit is that we did have some resources to work on. There was no real budget because it is still YouTube and it was in the early stages, but um, to be able to have people um, to work on different things, like, you know, having an actual cameraman or having an actual editor, that makes a huge difference. That It's night and day. So that that's... And scripting. And scripting. I've, I mean, yeah, scripting, I, I had input as well, but I also had like, other people that had um, helped us with the scripting. So that's, uh, yeah, so... But I, I mean, that, that show was a little more different. It was more skit oriented. Like mm-hmm. it was a different, as we were saying before, it was a little different landscape. I think most of it was skits and some educational ones. So what we're doing right now is purely, I guess, more educational. Yeah, more instructional. And that's kind of what I do. I don't, I don't, I used to try to script my videos to some extent, but I, I kind of stopped doing that and thought, you know, I'm just going to do it the way I would teach somebody you know, if they were standing right next to me, you know, kind of talk to them like I would be talking to, you know, my son or my wife trying to teach them something, you know, and I can't really do that with a script. Um, you know, but you know, people do things, you know, I I see many people that use scripts and they, they're, they're great at it, but I think you got to do it the way you want to do it. And that's a good thing about YouTube to me is you can pretty much do it the way you want to do it. Um, you don't have to have somebody breathing down your neck telling you what you got to do and then you're, you're successful or not. And it's on your own. So yeah, I- let's talk about uh sous vide though. So you guys said that, uh, you know, the, there's a lot of cooking channels out there and, but there's not a lot of them doing sous vide. You got one of the bigger ones out there, you know, of course, Google with sous vide everything. Um, and um, so it's kind of one of the reasons I, I chose sous vide and barbecue mix because that's what really intrigued me when I first discovered sous vide is how to mix it with barbecue. Cause I was big into barbecue at that time. So I decided, I decided there wasn't a lot, you know, a lot of people doing mixing them together as much. So that's what I started. So how did you discover sous vide and, um, how, how did you, um, go about trying to, um, use that for your YouTube channel? Okay. How we discover sous vide is that every year when it's Kevin's birthday, I would go and consult a friend who is into cooking and be like, what other cooking gadget can I buy him now? 
because we have a lot of cooking gadgets. <laughs> uh, and then I think it was about four, five years ago. I don't remember which year now. Uh, my friends said, oh, why don't you get Kevin this Anova sous vide thing? And I remember Kevin mentioning it, dropping it in at some point, like in conversation as well. So I got him the sous vide stick. So that was how the obsession started. Yeah. I, I I don't even know why I like enable him like that. And because once you buy the sous vide, it's yeah. not just the sous vide. She, she went, we, we went down that dark, dark road. Once you buy that, you have to get everything. You need a container. You need the food saver. You need Ziploc bags. You need this and that and whatnot, cast iron pans. So. Yeah, I didn't realize that. <laughs> <laughs> I thought the sous vide stick was it. And then he can go and have fun and play with it. I actually didn't know me already. <laughs> like... If you get me something, I'm going to research the heck out of it. I'm going to know, I want to know everything about it. I want to know the best things to buy. I want everything. And and I think what I started with was, um, well, actually, even before that, our first interaction with Suvi was on a trip to Thailand. Mm -hmm. We went, like, some, some guy recommended us to go to this restaurant, and we saw... 72 hour pork cheeks or something yeah coffee sous vide something we don't even know what sous vide was and i just remember having it being really impressed that it was cooked for 72 hours and that it tasted really good and yeah. and that was the f first um yeah interaction point with that yeah and then from there i think like after she bought it, i think um that was when when serious east was probably doing a big a big thing with the nova so we we got on that and we read every article, tried a lot of recipes, and it just blossomed from there. And then, you know, like once you get started, you know the basics. You just, you try and experiment a little here, a little there. Oh, what if I adapted it to here? What if I adapt a little bit there? So like our background, uh, we talked a lot about Asians already, and that's what we kind of know. So we tried to adapt it more to Asian food, right? So we see, we see like, okay, for example, let's say that soy sauce chicken that we made. We try to adapt it to that and say, because when you usually do it, you need to cook it for 45 minutes, right? Or 45 minutes to an hour, and you need to flip it every five minutes. Like, that's a lot of work. So we thought, okay, what if I took this, put it in the sous vide, same marinade, everything is very, very similar. You know, you, you subtract and add depending on how it goes. And we're like, this really, really works because the skin comes out perfect. Like, the texture of the meat is perfect. Like, you don't, I didn't even need to do a thing. I put in all the marinade. I put it in the bag, put in the water and it's done in, in like an hour and a half. Took a little more time, but the effort was zero instead of 10. So, right. Yeah. Obviously Carmen's never um, experienced people that like golf or anything like that, because it's the same type of thing. Once you, you can't just buy somebody, you know, a set of golf clubs. You got to buy them, you know, the balls, the shoes, the hat, the outfit, you know, <laughs> once they get the one thing and they get involved in it. Yeah. I'm the same as you, Kevin. You know, I, when I get involved in something, my wife will tell you, I got to be into it a hundred percent. You know, yeah. if I'm into mountain biking, you know, I'll, I'll go buy, you know, a $5,000 mountain bike and then the shoes and the outfit and then, you know, all the different kinds of stuff. And then I'll modify the bike the way I want it. You know, that's just the way people yeah. like us are. And then we experiment with different things. It's like, that's what I love to do with sous vide is experiment, take that traditional um, recipe and sh see where sous vide can help improve it or make it different. So 
Um, that's what fascinates me about, you know, and it's not just, you know, I, I felt that way about barbecue before and, and all kinds of cooking. I mean, all different kinds of cooking methods. And one of the things I loved about sous vide is that it's a full method. It's not just a an appliance. And I think a lot of people still think of it as just an appliance that you can use to make a good steak, but um, it, it does so much more. So. Right. And, and I think that's one thing that we're trying to get away from. I think we're trying to get away from like, it just makes good steak. And I feel like people get a lot of that impression from the sous vide because that's what they see a lot of. Right. And I see you're trying to get away, like you're doing like big meats, big turkeys, you know, big chickens, and you're doing other meats other than, than steak and, you know, a chicken thigh and you're, you're expanding it and taste and, and going into different things. And that's what we are trying to do as well and try to get away from, sous vide is just for this kind of thing but there's so many things you can do right i think that's exactly exactly yeah, and that's and that's the experimenting is the fun part i mean that's what drives me and yeah that's kind of what drive, drove me to start doing the youtube channel is like i want to show people what i'm doing because i'm having so much fun doing this exactly. and it's not that I'm the, I'm the smartest person in the world i'm not the one i'm not an expert right you know i i'm i'm always learning new things and if i do something wrong you know i'll admit to it but um you know, I, I really love, you know, doing this and I love, you know, especially with the Facebook group, the interaction of the Facebook group as well, helping people, you know, discover, uh, you know, the passion that I have, whether it's with sous vide barbecue or, or any other type of cooking method or, or anything like that. So, right. Do you do much barbecuing or, um, I know it's kind of, <laughs> you're in a, in a cold state up there and you only got certain uh, time of the year. I used to live up in that area. I know. Yeah. So Kevin barbecues in winter, so that's not an issue. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 I wouldn't say I'm, I'm a great, I'm, I'm good at barbecuing. I really like barbecue. It's one of my favorite things. It's fast. It's easy. It's, it tastes awesome. You know, like, and there's different styles you can do, like grilling or smoking. And I have a lot of barbecues. Um, I'm currently banned from buying any more barbecues. So it is something I, I really enjoy um, and it's something that I that I experiment with and play with. And I think it's one aside from sous vide. I think that's the next thing. But, yeah, we play with a lot of different appliances in this house. <laughs> Kevin's face. So, what, so what's your favorite what's your favorite thing to cook? Um, uh, you know, you, you don't have a whole lot of videos out there to really compare, oh. but I, I really, I'm going to try that suit, that uh, soy sauce chicken. I, I think it's, like, it's, it's, it's different. Like it, it, it's that soy sauce chicken one is particularly different because there's no finishing it's not crispy skin. And I think skin is something that's not so sometimes not so accepted in the West, but for Asians, it's a, it's all about texture. Right. So, so that, that's, that's a big thing for, for Asians, texture and skin and eating the whole thing. Um, but my favorite thing to cook it's really hard to say because we go through so many different like um, cuisines and, and we get to experience so much, but I would, I'm going to have to go like really simple. I would say my favorite thing to cook is probably eggs. <laughs> like just not, not, no, no appliances, just on the stove eggs. Like it's the most versatile, versatile thing to me. I'll put on anything. I'll eat it with anything. But if we want to, you know, get a little fancier, I think um, my favorite thing is a pork shoulder. We do that a lot. The price cost effective feeds a lot of people. Everyone goes home happy. Um, yeah. And we do that in different ways. And I love pork shoulder. I, I, and that's one of the things, like you said, it's cheap. 
I mean, there's a lot of, you know, here stores I can get it on sale for 99 cents a pound a lot of times. Mm-hmm. And we have, <laughs> we have a lot of people over, uh, you know, for, you know, uh, groups from church and stuff come over all the time. And, you know, you got 20, 30 people. It's really easy to feed a bunch of people and make it, you know, fantastic, you know, and I mix it up. I'll, I'll do it, you know, regular barbecue style, you know, for pulled pork, or I'll make it, you know, Latin style. Cause mm-hmm. that's, you know, there's a lot of Latin, Latin communities down here. So I can make Cuban style pork, which is more citrus and garlic and, you know, stuff like that. So, I mean, yeah, there's a, diff- a whole lot of things you can do with it and um, it's cheap, it's versatile. And if you do it right, it's uh, can be an amazing thing. So I like uh, pork roast as well. So. Yeah. And I think it, like for us, it re- it also really depends like what's, what was available. Well, we'll, it's hard to say like what we even cook the most of. I don't, I'm not even sure. We just go through different things and different phases and because, okay, I don't really like eating the same thing over and over again. And I probably won't come back to it for at least several months or a year. So yeah, I, I don't, I'm not even a big fan of leftovers. So that's all yours. so so carmen what's the favorite that uh, he cooks that you like to eat i don't know Uh oh it's so hard that's such a difficult question i don't know i don't i don't think i have a favorite food i can ask my wife that question and she can spit it right out because she likes the way i I make the uh i make a top round in the sous vide and i can make it uh you know i'll do 36 or 48 hours and and it makes it like a filet mignon you know i think we're twice it would be the barbecue pork the oh chinese yes barbecue yes pork. yes if it's sous vide then it's the chinese barbecue pork but if it's like in general every food in the world then i'm like i, I cannot answer that actually no i can't answer that it'll be noodles but kevin doesn't make noodles i'm not a big fan of noodles yeah <laughs> he doesn't like soup he doesn't like noodles. we'll see but um if it's for the sous vide then it's definitely the um barbecue pork that that is actually the reaction on the video is for real it's not, it's, I mean, like there's the little like dramatic part where, where it's like for comedic, comedic effect, but um, the actual reaction of me trying the barbecue pork and tasting it, I'm actually. Most of the time she doesn't try it before we, we taste it. And I don't think people realize that. And it's not like that last tasting part is the first time Karen would actually taste it. Yeah. And also because I'm, I, as I was saying before, I'm Cantonese and barbecue pork is basically the hallmark of any Cantonese person and you you know what a good Chinese barbecue pork is and I think the sous vide barbecue pork that we made is the best barbecue pork I've ever had in my life yeah and we, like we've been to Asia multiple times we were from in, like an Asian place you know in Toronto and barbecue pork for me like growing up we had it all the time and it's also it's one of my favorite dishes like I told I was saying in that video like rice barbecue pork some veg and egg that is like for me my one of my childhood meals so it, it it was it was a big thing for it to be that that good for us well that's great so let's talk about cruising you guys did a video where you said that um one of the cooks you um did was inspired by a cruise you've been on how many cruises you've been on me and my wife love to cruise so it's a grand total of one <laughs> but it, it was life-changing yes that cruise is life-changing because you know, like we travel for work. We, as Kyle was saying, we're traveling maybe four, four months of the year in some years, right? Three to four months of the year. So we'd see a lot of places, but we do a lot of planning. Like our whole job is based around planning. And if one thing is missing and so everything just, you know, falls apart. 
So, and we have to think of like, where's going next? How many people's we're traveling with teams of 10 and we have to make sure everyone is in the right place, you know? So the cruise was life-changing because all we had to do was get on the cruise and everything else was ready. We didn't have to think of activities. We didn't have to think of anything. Like anything we wanted to do was ready at your fingertips. You want to eat now? No problem. You want to go swim now? No problem. You want to sleep now? Even better. You know, like it was the most relaxing vacation we've ever had. Yeah, usually because when we when we plan our own vacations, we we don't uh, we don't do tour groups or anything. We 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 plan it, and I have activities planned. You know, like, at the first time we we went on an international trip, I think we I planned it to the minute, and then after that we're like, okay, we're never planning so much. I was so tired on the last day. I remember <laughs> it so clearly. I we were in Hong Kong. We could not finish the escalator. It was an escalator. It moves you. And I was so tired. I'm like, Kevin, that's it. We're not doing any more of this vacation. Let's just go back, please. And I was in the subway. There's a picture of me. And I'm just like squatting on the wall, like just so tired at the in the train station. Yeah. yeah. And then since then, we're like, okay, we're going to wing, wing all our vacation. So we'll, we'll show up. Um, we, we kind of have a general idea of um, what, what we know where we're going to go. That's good. So, but we will be like, okay, one each day we'll have two activities max, yeah. and then we'll kind of just plan it and just wing it on the way, and we'll have a rest day maybe in between. And so we're not like every single day we do like x amount of activities. So because that was crazy, but then but now with the cruise, it's even more relaxing because you have to don't have to think at all. And actually, one more thing I want to add is that when we go on vacations, it's because we have. Uh, the advantage of that because we uh, sorry let's let me go again because when we go on vacations we have the advantage of going it with um, work when we go on work when we travel sometimes you say when we travel to Asia after after work we kind of stay behind for a week so our flights are covered um, but then that was basically after a whole month of exhausting work. And then if I have to do and plan another week of vacation, that's more planning. But then that's how we get our vacations because um, uh, of our work. Uh, we get we travel to a place for work and we stay a week, a week behind. And that's uh, that's that's a good part because we save on flights. Uh, but yeah, that's that, that, by by that point we were beyond beyond the point of exhausted and and we Fall don't want to we, we don't want to like think pounds. anymore. So I think the cruise last time was also after work. I was in Miami for a job and then. Um, afterwards we're like i don't know what i want to do i don't want to plan another week of activity so we're like let's let's do a cruise and and at the beginning we were we're not sure about cruising because we're like oh we're only going to be on a ship for a week like what if there's nothing to do is it safe la 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 everything changed after that one cruise i'm like yeah i don't know why we didn't cruise before this is so good yeah and i mean what the the best Part of that cruise was the food at every single meal was amazing. We were worried. We were like, we're on a boat, you know, like you go to like wherever place where you're stuck, you you don't get good food, right? But every meal and the service on every every corner you turn was was really good. We gained well I usually plan the vacations in our family. So, you know, like we went to New York this year and, um, you know, I've had it like Carmen, I planned it to every minute, you know, especially because we usually get like the uh, sightseeing pass when we go to New York that includes a lot of the, a lot of the different things. So you got to kind of plan it 
okay, we're going to be in South Manhattan. So we got to kind of plan all the things that are included in the sightseeing pass for South Manhattan. And like you said, yeah, it's exhausting. So my wife loves cruising because of what Carmen said or, or what Kevin said too, is you get on the cruise and you don't have to do anything. And, you know, you, you want to eat, you can go eat. You want to go sleep, you can go sleep. If you want to go get a massage, you can go get a massage. I mean, you know, she just loves it. And we were the same way when we first did our first one. We were kind of nervous and we had a young son. We're like, we don't know if, you know, the kid's going to react. But after we did the first one, she was just like, yeah, we're going to do this. And we usually go every year wow. around her birthday, around her birthday. So we've been on like 10 or 12 wow. now. And actually, actually, in this month, in, in a week and a half, we're going on the Kiss cruise. It's a theme cruise, and Kiss is going to be oh, on wow. it. Oh, that's so cool. Wow. <laughs> so, but yeah, we love it. So the next cruise you guys do, I have to suggest that you do the Chef's Table, oh. whether you're uh, on Royal Caribbean or, or Carnival. All of them usually have, it's uh, something you can sign up for. They charge you like $100 a piece extra, but you get to go with Carnival they usually on some of the bigger boats, they have a special area where they get, you get like 10 or 12 people and you go like into the galley and there's a special area in the galley and you have like a 10 course um, chef prepared meal that's specially for you. And um, it's really amazing. And you really need to try that, especially since you're foodies. Um, it's really worth it uh, to do that. So if you next time you take a cruise, make sure you look up the chef's table um, option, because like I said, we did that the first time we did, it was like three years ago and pretty much now we do it just about every time. So it's, uh, it's really good. Well worth it. Well, thanks for the tip. Yeah. Yeah. Cruising is, cruising is great. I mean, my, my kids love it. You know, um, like I said, we go, usually that's one of our, uh, times that we go I, I i usually tell my wife that's her birthday present every year so we, we usually go we're in florida so we've got like five yeah. cruise boards to choose from <laughs> and then we can drive to them so it's not you know well you guys you got to kind of fly mm -hmm. somewhere to do it but uh, we usually can do it really easy so um it just makes it real simple for us to do and like i said my wife loves it, so it's uh, something that we do a lot. But um, yeah, next time you do one, you got to check out the chef's table. I highly recommend it. Thank you. So. All right. So, well, anything else you guys want to talk about? What you got planned for the future or any other videos that you got coming up that we should know about? We have a um, – What actually, when is this going to publish? Um, this is probably going to come out in sometime the end of November. Oh, during Thanksgiving then, right? That's okay. I think. Yeah. yeah right, right around Thanksgiving. Yeah. So we have a, um, we just had our uh, so we Canadian yeah. Thanksgiving uh, last week. Well, let's just call it Thanksgiving. We just. Well, we it, just had our Thanksgiving. Okay, okay. And then, so we challenge ourselves. We're like, okay, we should do a video about Thanksgiving because by the time it comes out, then it will be ready for American Thanksgiving. So we challenge ourselves to do a sous vide Thanksgiving. Every single dish was sous vide. Yes, we made um, obviously turkey, uh, mashed potatoes, carrots, squash, beets, stuffing, and a pumpkin cheesecake. Is yeah. that it? Oh, and cranberry sauce. Cranberry sauce. The great every everything on the table had something to do with the sous vide. Uh, even the gravy, we used all the drippings, so it was a whole complete meal from the sous vide. 
when is that video set to release? Uh, we're going to release it in parts over the next uh, four to five weeks, I guess. Well, throughout the next um, yeah. month, we'll release it in parts because if if we were to edit this whole thing together, it's going to be like an hour long. <laughs> um, it'll be it should be before Thanksgiving that it comes out. So all good. We're we're, we're it's fine. I mean, whenever it comes out, we're we're, we're, we're good. But yeah. that's that's just something that we have right now. On that's um that's we're planning. Yeah. Beyond that, we're definitely going coming up with more Asian inspired recipes. Uh, and then just seeing how we can, um, you know, make it easier to make these traditionally, maybe a little difficult to make dishes. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to that because I'm, I've never really done a lot of Asian style cooking. You know, I think everybody has done, you know, stir fry and, you know, tried their hand at, you know, some other things, but um, I don't delve too much into uh, into it. So like making the, the uh the uh, soup that you did the other time with the pork and all that. I mean, I, I don't really never delved into it too much, but just watching that video, you know, showed me how easy it is to do. So yeah. I'm really looking forward to a lot of that. I think if there's one that you try, I think you would probably enjoy the, the Chinese barbecue pork. It's like the mix. It's like right down your alley, sous vide pork shoulder barbecue. <laughs> like, I don't know what yeah, I can definitely. put together for you. Maybe it was on a cruise. I don't know. <laughs> Thanks for joining me, guys. I really appreciate it. I look forward to watching your videos. Everybody check out um, Kind of Cooking on YouTube. I'll put a link in the description below. Uh, it's a great up-and-coming channel. They've only been around for, what, three or four months now? Yep. And you should have a thousand um, subscribers here anytime soon. The, the thousand subscribers is easy to hit. It's the four thousand hours of watch time that kind of <laughs> you know throws you back some. But um, got to play our dues. Yeah, I think you guys will. You guys are going to be real successful because um, you got a great chemistry on on the videos. Um, you you do some really good cooks and I can see, uh, I can see that you really love what you do. So you. I look forward to following your channel. Make sure you check them out. Uh, kind of cooking YouTube channel or link below. Anything else you guys want to talk? Yeah. About? I mean, I think I want, we want to thank you like people like yourself, firewater cooking and like all the people that, you know, like the community of sous is so small and you ask anyone a question and everyone's willing to answer and help you out and, and try and make things work. Like, we were asking someone about some website stuff. We're asking you about um, different sous vide tips and that. And everyone is so open and willing to help. And I think yeah, very generous with the time. And that's something that and you're not expecting anything back from us as well. So that's like regularly when you ask for help, they're like, oh, what are you going to, what's there in, what's in it for me? Right. But I don't see that in this community. So that's um, yeah. So, so really great. thank you and thank like all the other people that listen and anyone that's, that's helped us. The, you know, I've, I've, found this out from the beginning that the youtube cooks community people that have youtube you know youtube cooking channels a lot of them are really helpful mm -hmm. um you know not just the barbecue guys i mean the barbecue guys are great but the, anybody um you reach out to them they're, they're more than willing to help it's not you know super competitive you know everybody has their own niche and their own personality and things that they like to do so they're usually you know people will help you no problem it's not a competitive type atmosphere you know there's going to be some people that think that but you got that everywhere but i would say you know 90 percent of the people that are doing it are more than willing to help i mean that's why a lot of people get involved in doing youtube uh, videos is to help other people so 
Um, it's not to be, you know, rich, you know, I want to be a YouTube star, yeah. <laughs> you know, the ones that I talk to anyway, you know, that have had success in it, they did it, they started it to, you know, teach their kid how to cook or, you know, to show other people, you know, some of the stuff that they were doing, it was exactly. you know, more of, I want to help other people. Exactly. So. Yeah. Well, thanks for joining me again, uh, Kevin and Carmen of kind of cooking. I will talk to you really soon. Thanks for joining me. Thank you. you. All righty. Hey, all thanks again for joining us on the Fire and Water Cooking Podcast. I want to thank Kevin and Carmen again for coming on. Make sure you check out Kind of Cooking on YouTube and the link below in the description. Check out the Inkbird Wi-Fi sous vide unit also in the description below. Make sure you follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Follow us on our Facebook page in our group. Also check out the Fire and Water Cooking YouTube channel. And I'll talk to you again on the next Fire and Water Cooking podcast.